Whoa, hey there, this is Snowy Shaw. You're listening to Sonic Perspectives. It's Rodrigo here bringing you another interview for Sonic Perspectives. Our guest today is the inimitable Snowy Shaw, whom you may know from bands like King Diamond, Merciful Fate, Therion, Dream Evil, and many more. Snowy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, I gotta say. Yeah, let's talk about your upcoming biography, The Book of Heavy Metal. Uh, why did you feel that now is a good time to revisit your career and tell your whole story in a book? I gotta say, I mean, with all this COVID-19 and everything happening, it has put a hold or a shuttle on the whole world uh you know i've been writing on this for 10 years so, so it's just a coincidence that i happen to re release it now I, i was actually supposed to be out on a european tour sort of like book signing tour where i will also play music and you know meet fans shake hands and do oh. q a and all that also in america but then this thing hit and you know i had to rethink how i should you know get it out and promote it and you know but yeah. since now people can sit home and read books instead uh, of being out you know touring and stuff so yeah things have changed yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> even hearing yeah. you talk about uh meet and greets and shaking hands you know sh even shaking hands is a strange concept these days so crazy crazy times man oh wow yeah <laughs> the, the, the worst part is is that everybody seemed to okay we just take a pause Yeah. 2020, and we're just going to postpone it until push it back until next year. But you know, the further, the more time goes by. I mean, you know, you don't know if it's ever going to get over this or something. I mean, Absolutely. they can probably introduce in a vaccine or something, but nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that maybe the world will not get back to the way it used to, and we're going to be sort of limited in in, in touring all, all, all over borders and, and entering other countries and like that and stuff like that. It's going to be more difficult for for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Book of Heavy Metal, it's such a great title. And you did mention in the beginning of the book that you had other options like uh, Diary of a Madman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you settle? Yeah, yeah. but then I came to this conclusion. I, I just remember this. Uh, of course, I wrote a song called The Book of Heavy Metal, and that is, to this day, it's the most popular song that I've written, and I did with Dream Evil, and the album is also called The Book of Heavy Metal. And I thought, that is just too obvious to, to ignore. I mean, of course, my own book should be The Book of Heavy Metal. You know? <laughs> and, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you yeah. mentioned that this was like a work in progress and it took you a long time to write the book, right? Ten years, you yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I haven't been writing all the time. I mean, it's it's like it started out as a, actually like a homemade uh, therapy, basically, because I, I needed to, uh, you know, uh, come to terms with my inner demons or whatever, mm. because after, after I turned 40, I had like this big ass midlife crisis and uh, started to question things and what have I achieved, what I have accomplished. I felt like the biggest loser ever, <laughs> even though I had been 
just out on, on a full year tour with Therion all over the world. And I came home, but I, it was like I kind of crash landed. And I need to get uh, things in perspective and, and look back on life and all that. You know, it happens to me every 10 years, more or less, because, you know, you reach 20, 30, 40, 50. And you, it's time to sit down a little bit. And, and, you know, you hit the crossroad sort of, you know, you need yeah. to think, yeah. uh, think for a moment there. You know? Yeah, no, it happens to all of us for sure. I'm, yeah. for, I'm yeah. 46. I've been through all that as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just from talking to you and after reading the book, I can tell that there was no outside help or anything like that. No ghost writers. You did the whole thing yourself, right? Yeah, I even published it myself and designed it and, you know, print it, not by hand, but I pay for everything <laughs> and I do everything myself. So, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I, what, one thing you can read throughout the book is like, I didn't start out like that, thinking that I should do everything. I started out playing drums, but I soon discovered that, hmm, that I picked drums. Maybe that's not the ideal instrument if you want to be the songwriter, mm -hmm. <laughs> for example. Yeah, yeah, so gradually I learned to play a little bit so I can write the songs and show it to the other guys because they they, they didn't have a lot of ideas like I did. Mm -hmm. And so, and everything, I mean, I've always been to sort of like drawing and stuff and come up with logos and blah, 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 this and that. And I have all those kind of ideas for, for stage props and all, all that too and whatever it is. So I reached a point that do it yourself i mean that's the best thing i mean uh, otherwise i mean you may not have the, the the money for it so it's just like out of necessity you you have to create it yourself and uh, i also discovered that you try to verbally express or or, or describe how you want things and it's so real so difficult and uh, all the nuances and and uh, and and whatever it is you know it's, it's kind of hard so if you're capable of it, doing it yourself i mean it's probably for the better yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, there's some cool illustrations at the beginning of each chapter and uh, unique layout in the book. You did all that, right? Everything was your choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah, Great. Yeah. Uh, do you feel that this has been a cathartic experience for you? I mean, was it painful in any way to revisit certain memories or not? Yeah. You know, in order to, to uh, sort of get it right, I needed to kind of relive the whole thing and go through the process of, of you know, people passing or, or, you know, kind of, you know, dark periods and depression mm. or whatever it is, or also like joyous moments and stuff like that. You have to relive them and, and try to understand why I felt the way I did when I, uh, before I quit a band or something. I mean, maybe I was like too young and or inexperienced or too wrapped up in myself to, to clearly see what was going on. But I mean, now when you revisit your life, when you're uh, much older and more experienced, you can, okay, that was the thing. And I mean, so it was very much like a catharsis or whatever you call that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I call it. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing you mentioned was the Kiss influence uh, at the beginning. And it's no secret that you like Priest, Saxon, and the usual suspects in metal, right? What are some of your other influences and how did your family take the fact that you liked metal? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, just like I sing in that song. I mean, because that, it have to, happened to be based on me, Book of Metal, like uh, Don't Need No Fancy, how, how I kind of re uh, rebel against your parents and stuff. But I, I got into this kind of music thing uh, you know, in 1976, that's when I discovered Kiss, and I was seven then, and it changed my life. It's like almost a before and after moment because mm -hmm. 
instead of I, I live just like a stone toss away from from the original Volvo factory here in Gothenburg and stuff. And and that was sort of my predestined way to walk, you know, like working class suburban kid. But, you know, and uh, everything else was unheard of. But, you know, when I discovered Kiss, like, wow, I want to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of hard to swallow for your uh, semi-alcoholic working class, um, you know, father and mother. You yeah. know, I mean, hey, get real now. That's just fantasy. No, I'm going to fucking make it. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, but it took a lot of time. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, funny you mentioned that because I'm fascinated by one aspect uh, of your book. Uh, it's a kind of a paradox in your upbringing because, like you said, your parents were like working class who fought hard yeah. to make ends meet. But yeah. you, on the other hand, you talk about living life to the fullest all the time in your book. Do you think there's maybe a contradiction there or, or a reaction to how your parents raised you? Or Yeah, it, it probably is. And, I mean, they usually, usually say that apple doesn't fall that far, far, far from the tree mm. because, I mean, you end up, maybe you, that is part of growing up, I suppose. You, you should revolt against uh, the adult world or find your own way and find your own path in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, But eventually you're going to come back pretty much to 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 your own roots or, or uh, you know, your, your social status or whatever it is, you know. So yeah. I haven't made uh, that kind of transition in a way. But um, I guess it is. But, I mean, I just refuse to be a uh, average Joe or, or uh, like you say, in Sweden, a Svensson, you know, <laughs> because I know, I mean, I, I couldn't think of anything worse than work nine to five in a factory and you get drunk on Friday and beat up your wife <laughs> because you're pissed off at your boss or whatever. I mean, no, that's not for me. I, I'd rather die than have that kind of life. You know, I want to. I want to express myself and follow my heart and whatever it may, where wherever it may take me. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, that that does come across in the book a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I guess it does. I guess it does because I mean, it, you know, it's been a struggle. I mean, just to be able to do to follow my heart and be able to do that because yeah. I mean I quit a lot of big bands and I, I done a lot of stupid ideas you know from the outside maybe they they think okay what a stupid decisions like to quit those kind of famous bands and all that but if I'm not pleased why am I doing it you know yeah <laughs> yeah I fully yeah. agree yeah, yeah. yeah. and I yeah. love the part of the book where you mentioned your first band Gummy Band or Gummy Band yeah yeah <laughs> are you yeah, guys Robert still in band. touch or uh, yeah, but if, if you're aware of, of King Diamond guys, M- Michael Moon, he actually joined King Diamond in uh, oh. like 87 or something like that. So we were schoolmates and, uh, yeah, but the other guy, uh, bought the book and stuff. So, so, so I mean, they, they read about all the old memories from when we were growing up in the youth center and, you know, started out, you know, cutting our teeth, uh, learning how to play and all that, you know, yeah. so yeah. yeah. Uh, without revealing too much about the book, uh, it's great that you told the story of how you met Mickey D. And uh, was there ever a sense of rivalry between the two of you or more camaraderie? I guess it is. I mean, I got to say, I got to thank my lucky star that sort of in uh, in our small community that you have someone who was that good. And, uh, you know, looking mm-hmm. back on it now, that became a... Uh, you know, world famous artist like he or a drummer like that, uh, well established, but uh, he he put the bar pretty high up, I suppose. You know, so yeah. you measured yourself against that, and uh, that probably made me better. And you know, because otherwise I would be just pleased with uh, comparing myself to crappy drummers locally or something. Like that. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, prob- yeah. probably, but yeah, yeah, of course, he made a he made a lot of 
a thing that sort of crossed my mind just maybe 10 years ago or something. And I told him about that because uh, his, historically or whatever you say in rock history, you have like Charlie Watts and all those guys in the background. But Mickey D was like more of a center of attention. He was like the, the coolest guy in the band or something like that. And you can be that. You don't necessarily have to be the timekeeper in the back. You know, you can you can stick out your chin and, and uh, you know. Yeah, S- steal the light or something like yeah. that. You know? yeah. yeah, and to do that in a band like King Diamond, where everybody's so flashy, right? Even the like the central character who is King, right? He, he yeah, stood yeah. out. So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, but Mickey, I mean, we always joke about that because I mean, he left stage because there was not a lot enough light on him when he was in King Diamond. He just refused and went backstage. No, I refuse to go up unless it's more light on me. So mm. King had the whole old audience shout for Mickey, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think that's, I mean, it's so anti-Swedish. You got to, you know, the law, the law of Janta. I mean, I don't know. You're not familiar with that, but no. you're not, you're not supposed to think that you're something special, but I mean, you, uh, if you want something, you got to fucking make it yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. and, and believe in yourself. I mean, and, and uh, yeah, if you, if you don't have faith in yourself, nobody else going to have that. Right. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. And, and Mickey was, of course, a, uh, even more so a central figure in your life because he recommended you to replace him in King Diamond when he decided to leave. Yeah, it, start, it started out like that, yeah. Can yeah. you tell me what it felt when you met King and what it was like to work with him in general? Um, I don't know if I thought that much about it. I mean, I, I certainly never met a Satanist before him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I don't know what kind of uh, expectations I had or anything like that. But he was the coolest guy, really down to earth and humble and you know kind-hearted and all like that and just a very serious musician and uh, stick to his own craft and his own art and all that and i have only respect for that because he hasn't compromised really i mean he just follows his own heart all the way through and yeah and you know yeah but he you know he, i met him when, when they were living in los angeles and he wasn't the typical party animal i mean it's not like he was uh, involved in that scene so much he he just happened to be there because the band <laughs> it was a good um what do you say stepping stone for the band to, to be to be living in los angeles at that point in the 80s because everything sort of was it was the epicenter for the, the metal scene i suppose you know mm. yeah yeah okay One of the funniest bits I read in the book is when you said you were invited to join a Christian dance band, whatever that is, <laughs> at the same time that King invited you. That is Yeah, awesome. but I, after I, you know, I had in my teens, I had like, you're not so sure when you're, when you're a young teenager how life is going to pan out and how you're supposed to live your life. So I had like yeah, regular day jobs, but I got fired from 12 of them <laughs> within two years. Oh, and wow. after that, I was like, no, I'm never going to do this again because I couldn't motivate myself to do that. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to play music one way or the other to, to, to get by and earn a living. And uh, I saw this ad in a, in a newspaper, like a dance band seeking a drummer. So I called them up and, and uh, <laughs> you know, they all only asked me if I can play a shuffle in the, whatever it was, 145 BPM or something like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> but then I got the offer from King Diamond and they were like a Christian band wearing, you know, like uh, those kind of suits in uh, 
yeah, whatever you say, cheesy, creamy colors or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and I, 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 it was a tough choice. Should I choose the, the Christian dance band or, or, a, yeah. or a Danish Satanist? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tough choice. <laughs> yeah, tough choice. Very yeah. much so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking of some of your other endeavors, in the book you mentioned that the first time you ever met the other guys in Dream Evil was in a photo shoot for the first album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's funny how nowadays this is a lot more common with super groups being put together with other band, band members, even seeing each other or meeting each other, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it comes to Dream Evil, You were kind of dismissive about the band's sound in the book. You call them fluffy power metal with extra cheese. How do you yeah, think they're going to I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't like that kind of thing. I mean, I thought they, they were so proud having written this concept album about a dragon slayer. And I thought they were not so... So um, they didn't have that much knowledge about that or writing lyrics and stuff. Mm. So it felt like my mom would write... The, 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 the script to Conan the Barbarian, you know, <laughs> on that level, kind of cheesy, you know. But anyway, so once I got involved and, um, and more involved in, in, the, in the whole creative process and wrote music and lyrics and stuff like that, and I sort of steered it into more like a tongue-in-cheek kind of humoristic thing where we played with all those stupid heavy metal cliches, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but before that, I mean, it was dead serious or whatever you should yeah. say. I mean, they they didn't have a sense of humor about it at least. But I thought this was like Spinal Tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's better to be intentional about the Spinal Tap angle rather than just involuntarily, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To be humoristic involuntarily, I mean, that's kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Unintentionally, I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of anecdotes about Therion, uh, many incidents while on tour, and the whole Dimo Borger versus Therion thing, which was kind of a horrible period for you, right? Yeah, it was yeah. maybe the worst, actually. Yeah. 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 How yeah. would you reflect on that nowadays, looking back and, and seeing the choices that you made? <sighs> yeah, but... I don't have any regrets of how I handled that. I, I hung in there for as long as I possibly could. And I had the best of intentions from day one, you know. Mm. And um, But, you know, people can read more about that to kind of get the hang of it or understand the whole thing that I went through. But this was kind of like adult bullying and uh, all those power games. And it wasn't the band members because it was, yeah. it was the manager. And, I, you know, to me, it's like, what the fuck is this? I mean, in my world, a manager is someone who takes care of the practical stuff like booking flights and blah, 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 whatever it is. While the band is the... At creative force and they are the shit basically you know <laughs> and uh, so I couldn't understand I mean why are you following the manager I mean uh, you're not a boy band right? yeah yeah <laughs> for sure yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, what was it like for you to transition from the drum kit into the forefront and to being the only singer on certain bands did it come naturally to you or no it, it was like i tried to describe in the book i mean it didn't come natural at all it was more out of necessity because just like i mentioned uh, i learned to play a little bit of just the guitar and bass and stuff just to to be able to write the songs because nobody else had any ideas and i had a lot of ideas and mm. to sit behind the drums and kind of voice them out or, or sound them out and they have to pick that up it was like really difficult yeah. same thing with vocalist i mean i i didn't have a clue really i mean so when we started out and i thought yeah i want some guy who 
uh, you know, scenes like Eric Adams across between him and Rob Halford. And I just figured this was way before internet and all. Oh, you got to be someone here in the neighborhood. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and I just like had way too high expectations and nobody could live it up, live up to my expectations. Really. Yeah. It was, you know, it was extremely hard to find people. So eventually I reached a point like, when I was like 25 or something, fuck, this doesn't work. I have to do it myself, you know, and, yeah. and it's not the most natural thing to be a, a drummer sort of uh, in the background and also do the vocals. And, and uh, you want to interact with the audience and, and do this and that. So, yeah, it, it took a long time, I guess. You know, yeah. But, but, uh, yeah and, you know. and I like what you did with the King Diamond songs you sing live, by the way. You did them justice without impersonating King. I mean, I put out my, my live DVD, uh, Snowshaw, 25 Years of Madness in the Name of Metal, in 2014, I think, because we were doing this long, long tour in, um, in, um, in Europe. A lot of former, you know, like Soviet Union countries and, and that I basically never heard of almost. But they mm. kept saying, yeah, you should back to Memento Mori. Why don't you do uh, a new album with Ill Will? And uh, why I want to see you play drums again and, and, and go back to Notre Dame and all that. So I figured, how can I please all these people? Yeah. It's impossible for me to be in 12 bands at the same time. So that is kind of flattering. But during that tour, it became just too much and it kind of started to bug me, really. So, mm. and I, one night I, I just um, had a vision or whatever. Uh, what do you call that? I don't remember the word. But anyway, so I, I, I was thinking if I, um, what if I do bring in people and make my own band and, and um, play all those songs, my favorite songs with all my former bands. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to do it justice, just like you say. I mean, I'm not trying to emulate him perfectly or, or impersonate him, but, but to do it justice. And the same if I do uh, sort of like black metal vocals or whatever it is, or Memento Mori. I cannot sing like Messiah. I cannot sing like King, but I could do it justice at least you know yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and yeah. i can tell that from your album white is the new black where vocally you go all over the place it's different styles everywhere in every song right yeah i guess it is because i mean this is like different directions on the music too and i, I want it to match the the, the, the atmosphere of the music because I, sometimes people can say wow acdc would be a lot better if even the mountain was playing guitar no <laughs> no it doesn't fit at all so it's got to fit the the, the, the the kind of harmonies and the, the, the kind of moods or or atmosphere of the music so you have to change your voice around i mean you know so. yeah tell me about the concept of that album if you can which is a compilation in reverse that's quite unusual i've never seen anything like that <laughs> <laughs> me neither. <laughs> it took me a long time to come to some sort of conclusion about that because uh, in my life I, I've been working maybe simultaneously with three, three, two, three bands at the same time, mm. and it's been all everything from let's say technical doom to to glam rock and black metal or whatever. So. And that sort of, I like diversity, just like you have, I like to, to um, alternate your food or whatever, you know. <laughs> so, so, so you can have different emotions, different feelings and different directions. And I kind of, I'm pleased with uh, being able to have that kind of outlet, some sort of broad horizon there or something. But yeah. well, once I decided to do, just be on my own and do my own thing, it's like I felt a little bit cornered. What should I do? I mean, I could do, work with something for, let's say, uh, 
weeks and uh, wow this is the perfect style this is exactly what i want to do but eventually i sort of get fed up with that or because i've been just working too much on it so it tends to spill over automatically into something else and Let's say I was like doing this pompous uh, Nordic mythology uh, <laughs> troll kind of thing, whatever it is, um, uh, fairy tale kind of based music, and then it spill over into more ACDs, Guns and Roses, whatever. It's like, and it doesn't match. But I still want to do all those different things, and how can I do that? Because you cannot combine that into one thing. Yeah. Uh, so I figured like, yeah, but I can do. The ideal would be if I had like three, four bands. Uh, different direction on the band, but it's still going to be just me. So I have like project names for 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 the different albums, and and uh, because I mean I like when they keep it homogenic in a way, just like wow, they captured a, a certain mood or feeling, and it go all the way through from the album cover to the lyrics to the way you sing to the to the production and whatever it is, mm-hmm. instead of. Uh, you know, you gotta have some sort of direction, just like we're telling the Dream Evil guys. I mean, they were singing about the dinosaurs, and then it was like more Jack Killian, you know, like <laughs> uh, some guy in a Trans Am raping uh, prostitutes. Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't. How do you mix that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, stick it, to a, a certain time period at least, yeah. you know. It's yeah. an art form to, to fix everything <laughs> yeah, together, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 And uh, actually, I asked around for uh, to a few fans for questions for you. A lot of them asked about why is the new Black uh, being released in vinyl in the States? Is it available in that format anywhere? Uh, I haven't seen it. To be yeah, 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 yeah. But I, through my web shop, I mean, you can buy everything. And uh, I mean, I have this this uh direction or, or whatever you say with with my web shop that um you got to be quick because i mean it's it's limited editions just like the book is now i mean yeah. this limited deluxe edition it's only in 999 copies in europe and so on and 666 in america so yeah <laughs> yeah um that's the thing but so you can you can order the double vinyl white vinyl and it nice. signed and dedicated and numbered and all that so you can do that from my web shop Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, back to the book. I, I think it's already available for purchase, right? And I know there's a special edition which comes numbered and autographed by you, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's also dedicated to, I mean, a, a special kind of thing to, to the people who order it and, and they get a, a special dedication too, yeah. yeah. Nice. Not just a signature, yeah. some a special message there. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my last question is, do you have any regrets after all those years? And what was the biggest lesson you learned after writing the book? I don't know. It's still so fresh. that, But I can see that some people uh, are uh, former band members and stuff are no longer friends. So <laughs> <laughs> After reading the book? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, but what I say, I mean, this is... Uh, I don't really have any regrets about that. I, I've been dead honest about everything, and and I try to. This is not a vendetta in every way. In any way, I mean, to to get back at people once I have the microphone, so to speak. But but it's just I, I wanted to tell the truth. How what happened between the scenes, you know, in the studio or whatever it is. And we have those kind of butting heads, all those conflicts or whatever. So yeah. it's not. Any vendetta, I don't want to be, be, be rude to people. I just tell it the way it is. And I mean, it's really, really difficult. I mean, people talk about bands all the time, but it's imagine living in a, you know, a house with four families or something. I mean, it's hard to get along. I mean, big yeah. egos and all that, you know, it's, it's tough. It is you know? difficult. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah. Well, Snowy, so. thank you so much, man. Uh, all the best with the book and uh, stay safe. Hope to see you on stage sometime soon. Thank you so much. I hope to see you soon too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, everyone, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this interview with Snowy Shaw. You can listen to it also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Also, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to finish this interview with the song My Religion from Snowy's most recent album, White is the New Black. Take care and rock on. Yeah! You shall have no other gods before me.